Hey friends, it's Ashley and Jana. Welcome back to season two of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. WandaVision episode seven may have been titled Breaking the Fourth Wall, but we could have titled it We Told You So. Although one reveal was super obvious, it was still clever and maybe the best one yet. The commercial, once again, has layers upon layers, which could tie the show into several upcoming MCU properties. And if you're new here, or you haven't already, we would love it if you would leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. It helps our podcast reach other geeks, and the more the geekier, right? We also have a Facebook group, Geek Girls Universe. You don't need to be a girl to join, only a geek. So, let's get into it. WandaVision Episode 7. Hashtag we told you so. Oh my goodness. Hashtag we told you so. (laughs) And if you were an avid listener, you know that Ashley does baller breakdowns and she does them on her website as well as on our podcast. So we're turning it over to Ashley so she can tell us all about WandaVision episode seven and break down some of our favorite moments. Ashley, take it away. All right. I was super excited about this because as, as we were texting... I was literally going, I knew it. I knew it (laughs) throughout the whole episode. So it was very satisfying for me. And you also knew it. And I can't wait for you to brag on that moment in just a minute. But first, this week, the sitcom style was Modern Family Meets the Office. And as a fan of both of those shows, I loved it. Wanda was very, Wanda's parts were, were Modern Family. And Vision's parts were The Office. (laughs) So it was like a weird, it seems like it would be weird, but I liked it. It worked for me. So we start with Wanda dealing with the aftermath of the Halloween episode, her expanding the hex, her trying to save Vision, her dealing with a fake brother. And her kids are like really worried about her. They come upstairs trying to figure out what's going on. Their game is glitching, which shows that Things are not completely under control anymore. Their game went from like a Wii controller to a, I believe it was like a Dreamcast controller to uh, Atari and then to just Uno playing cards. So the kids are like, what is happening? Billy tells Wanda that his head hurts. Now that's, this is an important moment, not only because every mutant on the planet, I'm pretty sure that has telepathic abilities, has at one point in their origin stories said it's so noisy in here because they can hear everybody's thoughts until they learn to filter and really kind of control their powers gene gray charles xavier they've all dealt with that um yes ashley stay out of my head (laughs) (laughs) no because you won't stay out of mine so (laughs) uh anyways that's important to hold on to because it's going to come into play later Now, they do a whole office montage for the opening credits, and there's a quick shot of a, it looks like one of those ransom notes where they've cut out uh, letters from a magazine or a newspaper, and it says, I know what you are doing, Wanda. Who is that? We don't know. There's also a cute little homage to Stan Lee in the license plate that says Wanda, and I just kind of hope, like, I know we're obviously not getting any more cameos from him, but I would love to see something of his or something that reminds us of him to show up in each of these shows and movies going forward. 
That's my personal, like, I don't know, two cents. Outside, S.W.O.R.D. has mustered together, and they are preparing for a massive attack on Westview because, once again, told you so, Hayward's a bad guy. Like, a a really bad guy. He's not even trying to be a good guy, right, at this point. He's not even pretending for that second he might have an ounce of good in him. Yeah, so, told you so. Vision wakes up and he's surrounded by the sword circus and Darcy is inside the circus as the escape artist. So when we last saw her, she was being sucked into the hex and she was wearing hand, she was handcuffed to like the sword vehicle. Well, now she's the escape artist, but she can easily get out of it. She does not remember who Vision is. She thinks he's trying to hit on her. She's like hard pass, dude. I'm like not into you. Like this is not going to be a thing. <laughs> And Vision's like, dude, don't you remember? We locked eyes. We had a moment. You understood me. And she's like, no. And just walks away from him. Uh, The boys are wondering where their dad is. And Wanda says she can't force him to do anything. So it's, again, I think she has finally accepted the fact Vision is outside of her control. As much as she would like to be in control. And I don't think she wants to be in control of him for any, like, evil means but more so just to protect him because like she had told him he doesn't know what happened to him to his body what's going on outside of Westview like she's yeah. really doing it out of like a preservation uh motive but unfortunately people don't like to be controlled right um she also confirms that um <laughs> I told you so Pietro is not her brother he's not their uncle she doesn't answer who he is because I don't think she knows, but she definitely knows he is not who he was trying to be, as we said plenty of times. So, faux Pietro, not the uncle. Moving on. Wanda's clearly spiraling now. Her depression, and I think that's tied to the fact that she can't hold the reality together, at least in, in one, I don't know, decade, <laughs> one year, one genre. She kind of is all over the place. This stuff kind of glitches in and out around the living room and in her kitchen. So she's losing it. Agnes shows up to take the boys away. She's like, oh, let me help you. You need a break, honey. And Wanda lets them go. She's probably going to regret that later. Just saying. Because we all know Agnes is not who she seems to be. And then Wu did get Darcy's email, which is awesome. And we learned that Project Cataract was, again, told you so. Hayward is trying to bring Vision back online as a sentient weapon. Which, in my opinion, he's trying to resurrect the Ultron initiative. So weird. We didn't see that coming. (laughs) Shocked. I wish you could see my face. It's so shocked. Anyways... Uh, but it wasn't working. So that's an interesting thing to note. Sword could not get Vision online. But when Wanda took him inside the hex, she obviously, either her or somebody else, was able to bring him back to life. And that is what Hayward is interested in. And Hayward is going to bomb Westview, essentially, to get what he wants back, which is Vision. Monica, of course, is like, I knew he was shady. Now we know why he's shady. And she wants to get into the hex to save Darcy, to save Wanda, the citizens. She wants to warn them what Hayward is actually up to. In the biggest letdown ever, 
Major Goodner shows up with uh, the space tank, for lack of a better, like, fancy word. I feel so bad for her. (laughs) I mean, she she seems like she's... Yeah. I mean, like, she seems nice, but we wanted the aerospace engineer, and she wasn't She seems lovely. Yeah. Probably before this aired, she's been all along watching, like, the first six episodes being like, Man, these people are gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So She's I feel like, bad. I'm going to hide in a dark hole this Friday. <laughs> I'm sure she is swell, but uh, you know, we want to see the aerospace engineer. So she's not it. If everybody, if if you thought she was, she's not. She's just like the handler. She's definitely a major, like a military person, not a, an engineer. They don't dress like that. They don't act like that. You know, they're. It's not that. Okay. So we still make it. She's amazing because she is, you know, she was, you know, loyal to Monica's mother, Mm -hmm. you know, Maria, and she was there for Monica when Monica needed her and clearly not loyal to, you know, Hayward. So in that respect, she is freaking awesome. Yeah. She just wasn't one of the aerospace (laughs) engineers we were hoping for. So fear not, Reed Richards or Riri will show up hopefully uh, in the next two episodes. Because gosh, we only have two episodes left, which is insane to think of like what still needs to happen and the amount of time we have for it to happen in. It's crazy. Uh, There's so much <laughs> resolution that we need. And I know that we're not going to get all of the resolution, exactly. but it still but feels like there's so many things that have to happen before this can like just move on even to you know, Loki or what's going to open up in, you know, Dr. Strange. Yeah, It does. It feels, it feels insane. I did see that this episode coming might be the longest one yet. And by long, it's like, what, 38 minutes. Oh, 38 <laughs> um, minutes. <laughs> so, um, but gosh, like we've seen them pack a lot into even the like really shorter episodes. So who knows? I just feel like we are, we're going to have to hold on to our seats and like strap in and get ready. But, Vision decides to wake up Darcy and Darcy's like, oh, hey, like, okay, now I know who you are, who I am, what's going on. They decide they need to get back to Wanda. And while they're together, Darcy gives him the Cliff Notes version of basically everything that's happened to him so that he has a little bit more understanding about where Wanda's coming from. But before we see that interaction, Wanda's still doing that interview style uh, modern family interview style. And she nails Claire Dunphy. Can I just say that? She nailed it. She nailed um, Julie Bowen's performance in that show, the mannerisms, everything. She, she is so good. Every time I see her do a new thing in the show, I'm like, where has Elizabeth Olsen been my entire life? She yes. is a phenomenal actress. Like just, can I have everything with she and Paul Bettany for eternity? She, they're both so good. So he's nailing the office. He even did the Jim Halpert, like, look to the camera, like, ugh, God, like, guys, are you seeing this? Are you seeing what I'm saying? But yeah, she has leaned it. They both have leaned in, honestly, to every, like, sitcom uh, trope that they've covered in this show. And I'm just like, it, I, I don't know. I get amazed by it every week. It's so fun to watch. Um, But what happens here is, so stuff is, like, glitching. She's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know uh, how I can fix this. Um, And the interviewer says, do you think maybe this is what you deserve? And she looks alarmed. And generally, in those types of shows, the interviewer doesn't talk. So it is very weird to hear one talk and to ask 
that very leading question because she's already feeling bad about it. She's feeling depressed. And this question would kind of then further drive her into that. Right. Yeah. And those questions are always almost this sort of like cathartic process, right? Like it's for them to kind of, it it does enable the story to kind of move forward, but it's also this sort Mm -hmm. of cathartic process for them when they're questioning what they've done or, you know, exploring this kind of just like, Oh, I don't even understand what's happening. It's not supposed to be a, make you feel worse about what's happening. It's supposed to just be, Oh, let's talk this through and see what we feel about the feels. And so for the interviewer to ask that kind of a question was just also alarming. Mm -hmm. It was a twofer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we can actually hear Wanda's response or see what happens with that, we cut to a commercial. And this time it's for Nexus, an anti-depression medicine. Okay, on the surface, she's clearly spiraling. She needs an anti-depression medicine that'll make her, quote, feel her feelings, which was probably my favorite side effect. (laughs) And um, to, you know, escape reality or pick the reality of your choosing, which, again, was leading. However... In the comic books, there are two major connections to the word nexus. There's the nexus of all realities, which is a cross-dimensional gateway that provides a pathway to any and all possible realities, including realities between realities. Lots of realities, basically. Uh, In the comics, when stuff happens in the nexus, Doctor Strange can sense its weakening and he'll, you know, he obviously gets worried about what it could lead to. And he typically shows up to fix things. We know, again, the show ties in to Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Perhaps that's what it is. The other possibility is that Wanda in the comics is a nexus being. Nexus beings are individuals who have the ability to affect probability and the future. They can alter the flow of the universal time stream. They are keystones of the multiverse and are crucial to maintain stability in the time stream. And they are watched over by the Time Variance Authority, the TVA, who look for anything or anyone that may cause damage or changes to that time stream. The TVA has been confirmed to be in Loki. In fact, they're who captures Loki as he, you know, jaunts around through time using the Tesseract. So we know Loki's coming. In fact, And Loki will happen before Doctor Strange 2, at least in release order. So the main cameo could be Loki on behalf of the TVA showing up in a your savior is here moment for Westview. It could. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who don't know about Nexus and they really just thought it was a reference to like the Border Patrol program between Canada and the U.S. I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you live near that border, you would totally know what it is. True. I think, honestly, it's a combination of both. The, the Border Patrol program and the TV no. related? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the other two nexuses. Yes, yes, I yes, agree. The comic nexuses. Nexuses? That's next. Is that a I word? Thought maybe it was foreshadowing. I thought maybe it was foreshadowing that we might be able to travel internationally again at some point in the future. I mean, that would be phenomenal. I don't even know if Marvel and Wanda and Loki and all of them oh, can make goodness. that happen. However, <laughs> I do think it's probably a combination because the show ties into both. And I'm not mad at it if Loki wants to show up. I'm not. I'm never going to be mad at more Tom Hiddleston as Loki 
anytime, any place in the time stream. Just come on. Yeah. I think it's really interesting <laughs> too how much they played up this whole like depression this episode because the depression ties in so well with her grief and the whole sort of impetus for the beginning of this show where like she takes Vision's body so he can't be used as a sentient weapon and yeah you know that but the entire process is this sort of you know starts with grief and mm-hmm. you know I think it's going to really end with can- grief too I think so. I think so. Yep. Yep. I see that coming down the pike. But I just think it's really interesting that they've, you know, played up the depression part of this so much. I agree. It's definitely been layered. It's like we talked about last week that the word grief, you know, it has multiple meanings. Mm -hmm. And it's been used by several characters in different episodes. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like like I've said, this show is so complex and there's so many layers to it. I love it because there's so much to discover depending on how you're looking at it and how you're feeling about it. Speaking of discovering. All right, <laughs> let's get there. So now we remember, right? Agnes took the boys to her house so that Wanda could have some me time. Agnes's house happens to be the bewitched house because, you know, if you haven't figured it out, Agnes is a witch. (laughs) They've kind of dropped that clue every like episode, but her house is legitimately the bewitched house. Billy tells Agnes that he likes it at her house because everything is quiet and Agnes is quiet on the inside, which means being a telepath, he can't hear her thoughts like he was hearing everyone else's. And that should send off all types of red alerts in your mind because the only time generally a telepath can't hear someone's thoughts is when they're evil and they're blocking them on purpose, you know, like Magneto does with his helmet, just, you know, putting it out there. Well, we don't get to sit with that very long because Monica has suited up in her space tank rover thing. And is heading in to break through the hex. Now, it should, quote, be no problem because of how the truck is made and her aerospace engineer did all this spec work to it. Well, you can't overpower Wanda's magic, was it? apparently. It's just going to sail right through. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to sail right through. It's, oh, no biggie. It's going to sail right through. Yeah, no, it didn't sail right through nothing. It got caught and the hex began to rewrite the truck. So Monica jumps clear. The truck gets shot out over the field and it's like half 1990s old pickup, half like space age tech rover thing. It's hilarious because I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, sails right through. Sure. Sure, Jan. Um, (laughs) Monica, though, as we have said in another, I told you so. Monica decides to go through the hex anyway. She knows she can do it. Why? Because she knows she's not human really anymore Mm -hmm. she's been changed and she already knew she had been changed and she just knew in her heart of hearts she could get through and as she struggles to break through this hex i loved this because again it played back to the montage that they kind of started with uh when we saw her back in what episode four when she wakes up in the hospital you can hear the audio from captain marvel and you first hear your, her mother talking about how she can't leave her. You hear her as a child saying, well, maybe I can fly up and meet you halfway. You hear Fury saying, only if you learn to glow like Aunt Carol. And you hear Maria saying, you were the most powerful person I knew. Which, 
Chills. In the movie, she was talking to Carol. But I think that's a foreshadow that Monica's going to end up being more powerful than Carol. Yep. And then right as she begins to that final push through, she hears Carol talking to her about how when her mom, when they were handing out kids, her mom got the toughest one. Her eyes turn blue. I'm getting chills talking about it. I know. I have chills like just hearing you talk about it long before this. Her powers are evident. Her eyes turn blue, which I mean, I feel like in Marvel, when people's eyes glow, you know that they're going to be so powerful. She emerges through the hex. Her eyes are glowing and she can see what the inside of Westview looks like in a totally different way. And we see a lot of distortion colors. There's teal, there's blue, there's purple, which you should remember. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of purple. There's a reason for that. Anyways, she clearly has her super speed as we see her take off. Captain America slash Black Panther style running through the field to get to Wanda. And her house. And before she does that, though, she does the, like she comes through the barrier, does the superhero landing. Yes. And then peels off her super suit, like spacesuit thing that she was wearing. Yes. Right. It and then, then she takes so off. It's just like, oh, it's so good. Because mm-hmm. you're like, yes, photon. I mean, she could be yeah. Spectrum. We don't know what yeah, right, a- right. she'll take, but still, yeah. I was like, oh my god, it's photon. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> so good. So Darcy has been explaining to Vision, like I said, what exactly happened. And what I thought was so sweet is when he starts to question, like, well, what am I now? Like, you know, because obviously he's still confused. Darcy says, you know, I've been watching WandaVision for a week and this all might be fake, but the love you two have for each other is real. And I was like, oh, (laughs) sweet. And I was like, so when he dies again, it's going to be extra heartbreaking. Cool. Thanks, Marvel. Um, but again, going back to my theory about Hayward wanting Vision to be more like Ultron, it, I, Vision mentions it. He talks about how his original AI was based on Jarvis, but his corporal form was born out of Ultron's desire for global genocide. And what could be better for a sentient weapon than for Hayward to bring back Vision, but in the original purpose that Ultron had for his body? Which would make it pretty hard, make him pretty hard to beat. So there's that. And then Monica shows up at Wanda's house. Wanda, of course, is not happy to see her. But she's trying to talk to her. She's like, look, do what you want. But this is what Hayward's up to. And you need to know this. And don't be a villain. Don't be the villain he's making you out to be. Which, again, we called that. We said that they were making it look like she was the bad guy. She wasn't actually the bad guy. Wanda's kind of in that grief going, maybe I already am the bad guy. But Monica's like, look, dude, like do what you want to do to me. But listen first, I know what you're feeling. I've lost the most important person to me too. But like together, like we can stop this kind of thing. But who interferes? The nosy neighbor, Agnes. She comes out pissed and is like, you need to leave to Monica. And, you know, oh, so sweetly brings Wanda to her house. Oh, let me get you some tea, dear. Wanda remembers that her children were supposed to be there. And where are they? Because they're no sound. And you are a parent of twins. I have a son. Boys are not quiet. 
No. Twins I are mean, not kids quiet. in general aren't quiet, right? Like exactly. as soon as they're quiet, you know there's an issue. You're like, um, you are absolutely doing something you are not supposed to be if you're a quiet child and yep. you're normally loud. Like you just uh-huh. know like that's the number one rule of kids. If they're normally loud and now they're not, you know something is wrong. Like right. whatever it is, whether they're painting yes. with something they're not supposed to be or <laughs> whatever it is. But like, that's the number one rule. Yes. Exactly. So two 10 year old boys who we have seen arguing with each other earlier in the episode are quiet. Sure. Suspicious. So Wanda's Super like, where, where are the boys? And Agnes says, oh, they must be playing in the basement. So she opens the door to this basement, which instantly gives you like Home Alone, every like 90s, like horror film, like don't go in the basement vibes. Also hold, and- please, because what random <laughs> child just goes to a neighbor's basement without None. knowing? None. Of None. Them. And None. why would she not? I mean, and realistically, now we all know kind of what's coming, right? But like. Also sus, she doesn't know where the kids are in her house. Please. Exactly. You just said those boys have free reign in your house and you had no idea? Uh Uh-uh. No way, lady. Yeah, exactly. So Wanda goes through the basement and it gets progressively creepier the deeper into the basement she goes. At first, it just looks like an unfinished dark basement. But then there's like the gothic architecture. There's vines everywhere. It's clearly a layer of some sort. There's there images above the arches. There's images of the devil. Yep. There's on those there's columns. Glowing, glowing things, skulls in a cabinet. Yep. A it's generally some sort. generally creepy. I mean, yep. it's pretty obvious here that the reveal is coming, and it sure uh-huh. came. And mm-hmm. Agnes, I mean, we knew it. We knew she was Agatha. But it was such an awesome reveal. And that song, I've been humming it all weekend. <gasps> Me too. It's so catchy. It's like, I so want a theme catchy. song that's, a, it's, that's just like that. Yes. And then in Jana's I Told You So, what did Agatha say she did? Like, oh, and by the way, I killed I killed the dog. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I've never been so excited to have somebody kill a dog before. <laughs> Which sounds really awful out of context. It really Just, I knew it. I just knew it. It, it, yeah, it just was so sus. I was like, nah, that did not happen by accident. No, it sure didn't. And you called it. You called it from the day, the day it happened. And then unlike the rest of the WandaVision episodes, this one has a post credit or a rather a mid credit scene. And you had already turned yours off. And I was like, dude, oh my God, there's some credit scene. That You're was like, so funny. <laughs> we weren't, because we watched, so I don't think we talked about this earlier when we started the podcast, but we watched this as a group with our friend, Megan. We do a group watch every Friday morning and, you know, text each other or whatever during it. But this time we did it on Zoom and we were all kind of chatting with each other while we watched it. And... So we were just like, oh, there haven't been any the whole time. So we had kind of paused it. And then Ashley's like, oh, my God. And we were like, what? And she's like, oh, there's a credit. Turn it back on. And we were like, what? Yeah. So I was like, telling me I was, it as soon as we saw it because of our faces. She's like, oh, you just got there. Yeah. I was I was reacting. And you guys were like, don't say anything. Like, and we were like, wait, it. wait. Let's catch up. <laughs> Snooper's gonna snoop. Snooper's so gonna snoop. So Monica did not leave Westview. She was like, mm. 
Agatha, you're shady. So she walks over looking for a way to get into Agatha's house. She finds like the the old, like, I mean, seriously, it's like every horror movie. She found the cellar doors. She opens them. There's vines glowing purple, which by the way, go back to the purple. Agatha's powers are purple. All that distortion color was purple when Monica came in. So like I said, I told you so. It's not just Wanda creating this hex. There's no. layers. Anyways, as she's like looking in and her eyes are glowing purple, you hear puppet Pietro go, Snooper's going to snoop. And she turns around and sees him. And then it cuts to black and we're left wondering, what's going on? Oh, is it next week yet? Yeah. Part of me was like, is he going to shove her down those Bilko door stairs? Like, that's what I really just was... I thought that too. And I then I was like, is she going to, I was like, is she going to power slap him? Yep. <laughs> like what's going to happen? But I definitely think he's guarding the house because he was created <laughs> or miraged, I guess, by yeah. Agatha. She shows that during her little catchy theme song. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. and her, her in the so, car, like when she shows that she was like sitting there, like I said, as bait for vision. I was like, I uh-huh. knew it. I yeah, knew we it. Talked about that too. It was like she just didn't. She wasn't acting the same, and it's like yep. even if she was pretending, like she just didn't, and she knew where to go, and she turned around, and it was like, mm, I just don't know about this. Yes, Catherine like, Hahn. Oh my gosh, her performance. It was so good. <laughs> Catherine Hahn is another one of those who's just brilliant in everything she does. Like, she's so good. Pretty much if you show me that Catherine Hahn is in a movie or a TV show, I'm like, I'm in. I'll watch it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her cackle, it had me. She has such a good witchy cackle. She really does. She And so, like, one thing I don't think we've actually talked about, even though we talk at nauseum about these episodes <laughs> every Friday, <laughs> we spend, like, the rest of the day doing nothing else but going, oh my gosh, and then Pretty this, much. and then this. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice, so she realized the boys were there, or like it jogged her memory that the boys were there when she saw the plates of like half-eaten food. And yes. to me, being a witch, like it just reminded me of like Hansel and Gretel or like the witch oh, with yeah. like the candy house, like luring kids in and getting them to oh, eat something. Like- Mm-hmm. So we don't know where the boys are. I don't think they're dead or reabsorbed yet. No, agreed. I th- but well, they're then, somewhere trapped for sure. Well, and then so there's the theories like so there's I mean Senior Scratchy, which okay, like he's been around, but that bunny yep. in the cage. There was some talk, and I I looked at it when I watched again. His his little like his I think it's his must be his left eye. In the cage when she walks in and she's looking for the kids, she being Wanda. Um, the eye on that bunny doesn't look nearly as dark as the one that she had on her lap earlier that, um, Agnes did or the boys did. And Mm. so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And then you see the, the flyer, the cicada, um, which we all know, well, okay, maybe we don't all know, but if you don't know in the comics, (laughs) Mephesto first makes his appearance as a fly. So I thought that was an interesting, whether it's just an egg as a, you know, reference or like that is supposed to be, you know, him lurking around, Mm -hmm. whatever, but maybe the boys are animals. Um, Right. And uh, the name Senor Scratchy too, that's also a Mephesto reference. Yes. Yep. 
So it's, yeah, I didn't notice that. I'd have to go back and watch, but that's interesting. I I, didn't notice it the first time through, but, you know, on one of my, like, 47 Reddit threads that I was looking at on Friday, um, when I watched it again, I guess Saturday night with my sister, I specifically stopped and looked at the eye and I was like, oh, oh yeah, it doesn't look nearly as, it had like, um, like black fur kind of around it. And I didn't see that when I, when Wanda's looking around for the boys and she notices the sandwiches and they kind of pan Mm -hmm. in on the rabbit and they pan in on the cicada. Um, And so I was like, huh, that is interesting. Because you're like, oh, is that really the same rabbit? And then when Agatha's in the basement, she's holding the rabbit the other way. So you can't tell if it's, you know, the same one or not anyway, because the eye is hidden. Right. And the fly is in the basement as well. Yes, and the fly was in the basement. And who's to say that it's not a different fly? I mean, flies are known to be, you know, if they hang out at houses, they're it's often a sign of evil and whatnot. But it just, it was kind of sus. It was very sus. I feel sus. like it's one of those things that, you know, again, we have these conversations all the time. Marvel, does, Marvel doesn't usually do things like that unless there's a meaning to it. Exactly. And a single fly wasn't flying around the basement and her living room for no reason. Exactly. Exactly. And they were big. They And like you said, they were like cicada size flies. So yes. it's more obvious that there's a fly. It, it was intentionally huge and obvious. Exactly. So, yeah. So it, whether that's Mephisto hanging out or, you know, he might be in the book. I still don't think Agatha is 100% in control because like we said before, when they were like, it's Wanda, it's Wanda, Wanda's doing everything. And even Wanda said she was in control. I'm like, it's too obvious. It's too obvious Wanda's in control. It's also too obvious that Agatha's in control. Yes. Well, and right. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Like, so I think we were talking on the chat this morning on our Twitter party. Um, you know, in the episode when Monica comes out and she gets booted, she says, it's Wanda, it's all Wanda. And then in this, you know, the theme song, it's, it was Agatha all along, which both of those seem very much like too obvious. And I, I think I referred to them as a red herring, but they just, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're thrown out there to kind of lead you astray and make you think, oh, it has to be this. And you're like, nah, dude, that's way too obvious. Um, But I think the other thing that leads you to, among other, well, not the other thing, there's a million things that lead you to believe there could be something else. But when you're in the basement, the main color, because it's Agnes's color, is that purple. Both the light in the cabinet with all the bones and skulls and stuff was a mm-hmm. kind of a reddish orange. And mm-hmm. that was the same color that was glowing from that book, which, right, you know, fine. It could just be a generic spell book. It could be the Darkhold. Could be any number of things. But adding in another color, as we know, mm-hmm. that kind of reddish orange could also be something related to Mephisto. Right. And so. I think it is the Darkhold book because it's the Darkhold um, is the book of sins or the book of spells. And it contains mm-hmm. a large number of powerful black magic spells. There's a theory yeah. that it could be one of the forbidden books from the Doctor Strange library. And it very well could be. Yeah. It could be one of the ones that was supposed to be chained up and it somehow uh, was taken during mm-hmm. the chaos of Infinity War and Endgame. But sure. the thing to know about that book is that it influences those who read it and it corrupts them. So essentially the book's a sentient itself. And it oh, was yeah. originally um, made, created, and possessed basically by this ancient being called Shathan, 
C-H-T-H-O-N. Uh, but one of his aliases in the comics, he has been referenced as Satan. And so has Mephisto. So in order to be a little less confusing for the average MCU viewer, I could see them kind of switching things up and having it as it's Mephisto's book instead. And then right. it's him that kind of possessed Agatha through the book to do his bidding. So she thinks she's in control and she thinks she's evil, but really she's a puppet. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it to her because she's not a villain necessarily in the comics. She's kind of a chaotic, neutral kind of person. She's a mentor yeah. to Wanda. She, I think currently right now, they're both teaching at one of Doctor Strange's schools in a current storyline. So I I love her being evil, but I don't think she's going to stay evil. Well, and I thought it was, I, I, I agree. And I thought it was interesting that, they took that kind of spin and made her evil because I was like, Oh, she's not really like super evil in the comics. She's, she is a witch, but she's like Wanda's mentor. Um, right. Yeah. She's not really like, she's not super good, but she's also not bad. Like right. again, she's a chaotic neutral kind of character. So, yep. but yeah, no next week, man. Whoo. Just, Oh, interestingly I think- enough, I have a friend named angel and he calls me chaotic neutral. Oh, I like that. I th- I like that for you. He says I'm a chaotic. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, that makes me wonder what I am. <laughs> I'll have to think on that. Yeah. The chaotic part fits. I just don't know where I lean towards after that. <laughs> Maybe it depends on the day. <laughs> right. Um. But next week, I just, I think the battle for Westview begins next week. And maybe it starts just inside. But we still have Wu on the outside, and I kind of want him on the inside because I hate that the trio is now broken up. I and think that, I think Wu's going to end up on the inside. I hope so. I want to see him come into the inside and like they all band together, take yeah. out, well, try to take out whoever's in control inside, and then take out Hayward on the outside. But yeah, I, Vision. They just, I just, ah, oh, Monica. Ah, oh, can't wait. I would love to see Darcy and Wu get some kind of powers. Oh, that would be so cool. Even if they were just minimal or <laughs> they use their skills like Scarlet Witch does, right? Like, I mean, they both clearly can fight. Right. To some degree. I mean, they both did some butt kicking in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, Darcy Darcy finally got to punch somebody. I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> I mean, I think they messed with her trying to get a lobster for dinner, you know, so. Right. <laughs> Don't get between me and an expensive dinner. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Oh my goodness. Uh, Well, you said minimal powers. That made me laugh because it made me think of Ant-Man and the Wasp when Luis is like, (laughs) I want a suit. Maybe with like minimal powers. (laughs) I'll take one with minimal powers. Just a little something. A little something, something. Oh my goodness. I I love it. But yeah, no, man, this week coming... We get to see what happens between Ugh. Monica and Pietro, what Vision's going to find when he gets back to the house, because he left Darcy to get back to Wanda, and Darcy will catch up. But, mm-hmm. and then Wanda, like, she's not to be messed with, so it'll be interesting to see her face off against Agatha and try to figure out where her kids are. Yes. Well, and this is where I feel like, and obviously, like, comics aside, but just as a parent, right, like, when somebody messes with you, your kids, 
your mama bear comes oh for sure 100% like you just take the whole like I said like pushing everything else aside you go okay it's powers against powers and they're both obviously strong but like you add that whole just she's messed with a woman's kids I mean one is gonna throw down yeah Oh, for sure. I can't wait to see them go power to power on this. And what happens with that book? Because that book's not just going to sit there. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, for sure not. They zeroed in on it way too long for it to just be like a random Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. So, you know, the other thing this week that made me almost as excited as WandaVision was that Cruella trailer. Oh, it was a good one. I I love the vibe. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. I mean, I love Emma Stone anyway, and I love a good villain origin story, but this, like, I mean, I love Maleficent. She's always been my favorite villain. However, I think Maleficent may take a back seat for Cruella after this movie. I could totally see that, only because they made Maleficent good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they kind of did. And Which that was kind of like a uh, meh for me. <laughs> but, but this, I mean, that trailer was on fire. And the music, I love that song anyway. But like, ah, oh, Emma Stone. Yes. She is not playing. She leaned into that deranged crazy. And I was like, yes, I love it. I, I just... I mean, what was it, like a minute and a half? And I was, I, I mean, I've seen it like 30 times. I literally just watched it over and over and over and over again. And I was like, God, I love this more every time I watch it. It was so good. I don't so know good. what about me. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe you're not so neutral after all. Chaotic neutral. Maybe yeah, you're. I mean, but I'm not really chaotic evil either. Because, uh, I mean, eh. I think there's a step in between there, though. There, is, there must be a step in between. <laughs> I you know, said, see, depends on the day. It's just like my, you know, what's your MCU character? Like, which one's your vibe or whatever? And I was like, you know, I'm so Darcy most of the time. I'm like, I'll throw a funny line out. I will entertain you. I'm just here for the, you know, whatever. But dude, you piss me off and Scarlet Witch is coming to play. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a hard time picking one too, but I picked a uh, Black Widow and she's just like, what? what is your problem? I'm on the phone. <laughs> Before That's I kick your butt, by the way, I'm going to answer this phone call and then I'm going to whoop up. On all <laughs> and then the I'm going to take it out. So it kind of worked. That whole scene yeah. kind of worked. But yeah, no, I'm excited for Cruella. I like that she's evil. I will say that because that was my beef with Maleficent. Uh, yeah. And she looks phenomenal. I mean, she's evil. Like, who kills puppies? Like, you're a bad, yeah, you're like- a terrible person. And I think we're going to see why she hates Dalmatians so much because I feel like I she agree. zeroes in on Dalmatians. And not just because, like, the black and white is fashionable. Like, I feel like there's something else behind it, but I don't know. I wonder if the Dalmatians they showed are the pets of the woman that she clearly is going to have. That's played by Emma Thompson, by the way, which I was like, what? Yes, Emma Thompson's in this movie? Mm-hmm. Looking fierce as well. Uh, I wonder if that's her pets and that's where it comes from. Could be. But, yeah. And you you watched the Mortal Kombat trailer. Uh, yes. So, first of all, Mortal Kombat is my game. I will school you anytime, anywhere, <laughs> any version you want to play. Because well, I've literally never played it. <laughs> I, so I will so. own anybody who wants to come at me in this game. So 
That being said, I obviously was a fan of the 1995 movie, although, you know, hindsight, it's terrible because it's 95. Can I just tell you that I didn't even know there was another Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, There's actually two, but the one that, like, (laughs) everybody thinks of is the the original one, the one in 95, when, like, the song, like, Mortal Kombat, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, 90s music. (laughs) So, uh, but I loved it anyway because, again, it, like, they're not movies to, for deep thought. Those are movies to watch and just be like, yes, butt kicking all over the place. I love it. Okay, so that makes sense. If you're looking for just a movie that's going to make you be like, yes, like I could kick somebody's butt so hard right now. This is the movie for you. But the new trailer looks awesome. I mean, obviously the effects are like 5,000 bajillion times better than 95. Um, but, oh my gosh, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, they look so good. I cannot wait. It comes out in April. So thank you. Happy birthday to me. And I cannot wait. And it's so, the trailer is restricted. We're going to link to it in our podcast notes. It's a restricted trailer. So you have to be signed in to watch it. And it's restricted for a good reason. Because if you've ever played the game, you know how oh bloody and gory it gets. So this trailer promises that the movie is going to be just as gory, as bloody, with as many fatalities as possible. And those finishing moves, we all know, are like, whoa, over the top. And we're going to see them, I think, live and in color and in our faces on the big screen, if you feel comfortable, or on HBO Max. Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea they were movies. I'm familiar with like- Dad, that you didn't know they were movies. I had no idea until I saw like this one. I was like, oh, okay. They made a movie out of a, you know, video game franchise. They do that a lot. Did not know there were already two of them. So thank you, Ashley, for educating. <laughs> I feel like you, you need to go back, do yourself the service and go back and watch the original one. I mean, I have between now and April to do that. And that is true. Up, so, I mean, I feel um, like that's a good random binge some night. It is. And, you know, you can take it with the grain of salt that is 1995, but... Uh, I mean, it may be super entertaining. I mean, it will be, just like the cheese factor alone. So I actually went back and watched before they released the trailer for the new one. I went back and watched the 1995 trailer, and it cracked me up because, one, I forgot how bad movie trailers were. Like, the same guy did the voiceover for every single studio and every single movie, right? It was like, it's, it's I don't even know who he is. I'm sure I could Google it and find out. But literally... It's that, you know, in a time far, far away, like, blah, 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 there's this warriors and there's this combat battle. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. And then the music hits and then they're fighting, but the special effects are bad. And I was like, I love it. Okay, I'm so going to go find those trailers and then I'm going to have to watch the movies. Uh, Yeah, it's I mean, it's better than Clash of the Titans if you ever watch that original, like, um, so. I did, and it was not good. Although weirdly, I think I watched it a few times. I mean, I loved it as a kid because I was all—I'm all into mythology. So yes, I think that's why I watched it. And I feel like it was one of those things. It was always on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, like TBS, like yeah. two PM random movie. And <laughs> like, it's it's funny why. because my husband and I were talking about it, but I was like, as bad as the like the special effects were for that because obviously I don't even know when that one came out it was way probably before I was born but it's like one of those cult classic things like 
and that's why the new ones didn't do as well because their CGI was too fancy. I was like, I don't need fancy CGI when you hold up Medusa's like snaky head. I want like the cheap looking graphics slash puppet thing that they (laughs) used in the original. Get out of here with your special effects. (laughs) This gives me an idea. We should do a podcast where we talk about our favorite horrible or not so horrible, like random cult classics that have to be pre a certain date, 1960 to 19, like 90 or something. And we each pick five or 10. And then we could pull our listeners or our Marvel Mundy people and have them pick some too. And we can talk about it. Uh, that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Because now I'm thinking about all these like horrible, cheesy, like cult classic movies that I love that I'm like, these are terrible, terrible movies. Like Clash of Titans. <laughs> You've seen a million times and you're like, I don't even know why I watched this more than once, but cool story. And yeah. Oh, I'm here. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week as we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news or basically WandaVision episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's probably going to be other stuff too. But it's mostly going to be WandaVision. Let's be real. As always, if you see anything you want to share with us or you have your own theories, you want to talk about your own cult classic uh, movies that you love that are probably trash but are awesome anyway. And I would like to know who's your favorite Mortal Kombat character to play with and what's your best score. Just saying. (laughs) Anyways, Um, tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and at that Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for more geeky goodness.